Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Wow. How about that? Between the Browns and the Cowboys yesterday at one point, Cleveland had a 27-point lead. Another miracle. Dallas rally fell short. They got it to within three, but couldn't hold on. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. If you're into the NBA and you think we got a final series, you were watching Jay last night, we'll talk NBA with Tim Legler in just 10 minutes. He and all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Guys, yesterday, technically, the Browns were the road team, but Baker Mayfield did win the Big 12 championship at Oklahoma in that stadium. Odell Beckham Jr. came to that stadium once a year with the Giants to play the Cowboys. And Key, both of those dudes on the road looked at home. No, they, they, they balled out, and that a lot of that credit from an offensive standpoint goes to the, the head coach offensive play caller in Kevin Stefanski. Took a lot of the same things, principles, that they had in Minnesota and employed them into that offense with Beckham, with Landry, with Kareem Hunt replacing Chubb. I mean, they looked like a football team. They didn't look like week one against the Baltimore Ravens. Each week, the Cleveland Browns have gotten better and better and better. The offense d- dialing things up different, showing different formations and different looks to a defense at the Dallas Cowboys that looked like they were out of sync and didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> I think when you look at the, the Cleveland Browns, though, you've got to say to yourself, at sitting at 3-1, and one, this is a totally different football team than we've seen in the last 15, 20 years. No doubt. I mean, it's not even close. He understands who his playmakers are. If you think about it, he had two wide receivers in Minnesota – in Stephon Diggs, in Thielen. He had a tight end in Rudolph, right? And then he had a running back in Dalvin Cook. So when you look at Kareem Hunt Chubb, Landry uh, OBJ, you look at all those sort of things and you look at Baker Mayfield, he's not asking Baker Mayfield to throw the ball 50 times like the old head coach in, in Freddie Kitchens or even Hugh Jackson was doing. He's allowing Baker Mayfield to just run the team, be safe, don't turn the ball over and allow those guys to win the game for you. And look what's happening. They're three and one. It's seriously, every time I watch the Cowboys play, as soon as the game is over, it's like I grab my remote, I grab my phone and I go directly to Stephen A. Smith just to see what kind of joke he's going to do on the Cowboys. It's like they're the team we thought they would be again. Like it just, it seems so consistent. And I, I will say this, Demarcus Lawrence made that statement yesterday. Like we're soft. He got quoted, right? Third game in a row. They're giving up 38 points or more, Key. 38 points or more. Like, and not having Nick Chubb got hurt. He only had six carries. So think about this. They still had 370, 307 yards rushing on 40 carries without Nick Chubb in the game. Ridiculous. I'm I'm a little surprised that the defense is playing this way because I honestly thought that Mike Nolan – when they made the hire defensive coordinator, I'm like, oh, that's cool. He, he's a pretty good D.C. Former head coach. Former head coach, pretty good D.C., along with uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, former Super Bowl winning head coach. Oh, they got a good staff they're putting together here. But I forgot that last time he D.C. was back in like 2013, 2014. What had happened was. That's a long ways Ooh. from today's NFL. Even though he's probably at home studying the tape, trying to get back in it, when his live bullets go to flying and you out there and you have to make those adjustments – to the new way of NFL since you left, it's clearly it's hard for him. And, and, and maybe the next game or the next game after that, he'll get it and make some adjustments. But right now, not so good.
We are presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverages for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We want you to hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at KeyJNZ and essentially ask us the question. Key has answered it. Jay's answered it. They both have different responses. Who did you learn more about yesterday, the Browns or the Cowboys? Early returns on the Twitter feed, 51% Cowboys. It's now been bumped up to 53%. Don't worry. They'll learn more about themselves next game because they're playing my Giants. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be just fine. Bounce back week. 53%, including Z-Rock70, who had some really good comments. He hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Quote, the Browns grew up yesterday. They got a huge lead on the road. Their QB was not sharp. They went through a serious momentum change in the fourth quarter. They did not panic and learned how to win on the road. Good points. You can vote now again. Key, J, and Z right now. With 53% of precincts, no, that's next month. With 53% of precincts reporting, uh, the edge is minimal. You really believe, Key, the answer is straight and clear. It's Cleveland. You're agreeing here uh, with our dude on the Twitter feed, Xerox 70. It's clearly. We already know what the Cowboys have been giving us. Stephen A's been going at the Cowboys pretty much every single week. And the mo- they're heartbreakers, right? The, the moment that you dive in with the Cowboys, they break your heart. Every single year, no matter what the – oh, they got Zeke. Oh, they got CeeDee Lamb. Oh, they got Amari Cooper. Wow, man, they going to be rolling. Not so good. Now, offensive numbers, yeah, but they're trailing. They're behind. Oh, they got Alden. They got Lawrence. They got this dude, that dude. Oh, my God, they getting ready to sign Earl Thomas. I'm telling you, they one of the top five teams in the NFC. And you try to support them because you like them. Like me, I try to – I'm I'm trying to look for all the right positive things. And every single time, they break my heart. <laughs> they just, it's like, dude, seriously? The, the talent is stupid. I will say this, though. Wasn't it only like a week and a half ago everybody was talking about, it's time to think about OBJ. Trade him. <laughs> right. You're not talking that way now, are you? No. You're not talking that way now. Between him and Jarvis Landry, That what they have there has a chance to be special. Well, I think I think more about the trade is more not not as people get it wrong. You're they want to they want to trade him because they and I had this argument the other day with somebody about him. They, they tried to tell me about his attitude, like oh this guy I'm just. I said, well, what has he done? I just I said no. The problem is is you paying attention to the damn media and they make you think that he's such a prop. Then the guy went into some other. I'm like, but that has nothing to do with his ability on the field. If you get him the ball, he's one of the best receivers in the game. Were you, you just straight up arguing him? with somebody at a random location? How how this happened? Give me some I was context, sitting, we please. Were watching, we were watching football or something. He asked me about the Giants mm-hmm. and what they need. And when it, it was a New York guy. So, obviously, it became an OBJ conversation. And he didn't like OBJ. And, you know, we got into a little conversation. And he couldn't really – like most people – can't say why they don't like somebody. They just don't like him. You got me on that when we first started talking about it. I was like, well, OBJ has some problems. Like, well, what problems? And then we actually started going through it, and I started to think. I was like, you know what, Key? You're, There's you're, no, you're but, kind of you're that's right. That's what you're the right. narrative is. And what did I say at the beginning? Yeah, you can trade him if you don't know what to do with him. Yeah, you can trade him. Somebody will take him. If you don't think that this team is moving in the right direction, then yes, get something for him and get the value. I didn't say he was a bad football player. I didn't say he was a problem. Nothing. I just say, based on the numbers of $30 million tied up in two receivers, one of them has more value than the other, and that would be OBJ. If you want to move him, move him. But clearly, they had a plan in place to make sure that he was utilized and being a big part of their offense. 
again, people just say stuff, almost curse, but people just <laughs> say stuff, right? They well, that's just, every day. They just say something like, oh, he's, his hair is blonde. We don't like him. It's like, dude, it's good, man. He's one of the top dudes with the ball in his hands, that, period. And he showed that yesterday. That's why I came out and I said, you know, look, this organization needs to stop making moves. Like, keep him, stay with him, double down on him. Well, and see, it, what, happens, what, what happens, though, too, Jay Will, much like in basketball, is coaches don't want to work. They, they don't want to manage that situation. When he was with the Giants, they don't want to manage that. that. That became too hard for them. And so when you look at the Cleveland situation, they got off to a clunky start. He didn't get the footballs. So then as he started to contribute, they started winning, contribute a little bit more. They go up to Cowboys. They blow them out, contribute a little bit more. Now you see his value when the coaches go back in and they watch the film today and they game plan for next week. They know he's an important part. We've got to get him the ball in any situation because not only is he happy, the rest of the team morale's happy because they see that our top guy is happy. That is the way that it works. Dak Prescott has thrown for 450 yards in his last three games. No quarterback in wow. league history has thrown for 450 in back-to-back-to-back games. And that's a pretty impressive resume. That player resume brought to you by Indeed. Find the high-impact hire your business needs at Indeed.com slash high-impact. Big question for head coach Mike McCarthy, sitting at 1-3, and three, said to be the best hire of the offseason, said to be undisciplined. Coach, how do you explain making the same mistakes over and over and over and over? It's something that we obviously emphasize, but we didn't uh, get that done today. So, you know, we'll continue to look at it, and, you know, it, it ultimately falls at, uh, at my feet. It's my responsibility. Uh, we're not – the application of details did not exist today in, in certain spots of the game. You know, there was a lot of good football that will totally go unrecognized. That's what happens when you lose. But what I don't like is I don't like the pattern of the four games that we've played. You know, the points are outrageous. Time of possession is totally lopsided. And we're minus seven in a turnover ratio. And that's that's not a winning formula. They should just hire me to do all coaches post game press conferences because <laughs> they all say the same thing. Blame me, blah 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 blah. They all say the same thing. I mean, what would you rather them say? Don't state the obvious. Right? I know. I mean, tell me something. I just want you to tell me something other than the obvious. Yes, time of possession is lopsided. Yes, you're running up a lot of points. Yes, you're getting a lot of the great statistics. Why are you losing though? It always frustrates me. Obviously, you want more from Dallas. But then when you go back and you look at the division, you're like, well, compare that to the rest of the trash you have in the division. Yeah, but you're not paying whatever I, that payroll is. I understand. You're not paying that money to that. look at the rest of the division. I understand. The division is a total of three wins after four weeks. The Cowboys haven't been to the Super Bowl in 25 years. Let's talk a little NBA. Dun, 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 dun. That was a good sound. We're not satisfied with just a win. We want to be great. We're going to fight, and we're going to ride with this thing until the wheels fall off. The first step is to believe. The Heat playing some terrific inspired basketball here to open up game three. That's three fouls on Davis. Jimmy Butler bringing the Heat just a marvelous performance. This is the largest lead they've had so far in these finals. James drives, finishes, and is fouled. Off the glass, and the Lakers retake the lead. Butler says, give me the ball. The drive, the runner, he banks it in. Oh, what a masterpiece from Jimmy Butler. That's everyone else booked. you got to be on the court. This is not a good look. A 40-point triple-double. How else do you say it other than Jimmy F. and Butler? 
Coach Bo, hang on. Hang on a second. Got to give us a second to touch that button. He helped us out a little bit, though. Mark Jackson, you just heard there as well, saying this is not a good look. That's LeBron walking off the floor with 10 seconds to go. But in LeBron's defense, it's not like the Heat were trying to score. They were trying to run out the clock. But Jackson didn't think it was a good call. Let's go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line to bring in Tim Legler, our ESPN NBA analyst, played in the league for 11 years. I mean, Tim, I don't know where else to start. We obviously have to start with Jimmy Butler and your thoughts on only the third 40-point triple-double in NBA Finals history with the Heat being right back in the series. Yeah, look, the stat line obviously is going to jump out. You're going to see the 40 points. Uh, For me, the two biggest numbers on the stat sheet are going to be 20 field goal attempts, 14 free throw attempts. And to me, that's the mindset that Jimmy Butler has to have every night with this team, particularly in this series, because he's the one guy that can get a shot whenever he needs to get a shot. He can win his matchup with whoever's guarding him. He doesn't always think that way. He likes to be patient and let the game come to him. And I get that, and there's some good qualities about that. There's an unselfishness there that I like, but that's not where he needs to be right now. He needs to be in a place where he needs to understand for them to win a game, just a game in this series, much less make it a long series, he has to get 30-plus probably every night. And if that's what it means, taking 20 shots and turning the corner on guys on the dribble and thinking about shooting rather than passing first, which I think is where his mind has been the first two games, then so be it. That's what it's going to take. And he did it last night. I just thought his reads were great. He was way more aggressive coming out of the backcourt um, with his dribble, getting to the rim or into his pull-up game right away. When he got opportunities in the post against smaller guys, he caught it with one intention, get this thing up to the rim. So I just thought his mindset was exactly what it needs to be for this team, particularly against a team as good defensively as the Lakers. And and that was really what it comes down to. He's not going to shoot this well every night, and he's not going to get 40, but his mindset needs to be the same because it will allow him then to draw more people to him. They're going to take him more seriously as a scorer, and then other guys can find spots to get open where he can find them like Olenek did a couple times in that fourth quarter during a key stretch. And I love that mindset because he didn't back down from LeBron James once. Legs, A.D., Anthony Davis, negative minus 26 in the game. What did you see from Miami Heat defensively uh, on how they made the job difficult for him to get going? I thought Miami, Jay, on both of their stars, they came early on the catch with their doubles. They made those guys immediately have to think about getting rid of the ball rather than start to have an opportunity where they could square up on a guy and go. And A.D. loves to get into that situation where he can get to one or two dribbles and rise up, shoot over the top. They were running guys at both of them. And as a result, look at the Lakers' three-point numbers. They're off the charts. That's the first game all season the Lakers took more threes than twos in a game. And that, that balance sheet for them doesn't look right. 42 threes out of 79 attempts. And the reason is because of all the extra bodies they were running at those guys early before they had a chance to get into the seams. And I also think, to be fair, foul trouble played a part for him. You know how that is, Jay. When you start a game out and you pick up two quick ones, it really affects your rhythm sometimes. And he didn't really get involved in the game at all until the third quarter. Um, so he had a quiet night. Partly attribute that to the Heat defensive mindset to make this these role players shoot more threes, and, and they accomplished that. But also some of it was he got off to a slow start and didn't really get going in the game because of those fouls in the first half. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Legs, let me ask you this. How can 
other than the obvious, how can the Lakers take game four? Well, I think here's what they have to do now. Okay, I think their approach, honestly, through the first two games was Jimmy Butler is a guy that's going to, you know, we know he can score, but he's looking to make so many plays for people. We can get by guarding him with one person, and we can get by tracking him to the rim with one guy um, and stay home with some of these shooters and not let Duncan Robinson get any space. And they took him out of the first two games completely as a result. He's an important player for them. Tyler Hero has struggled in both games, and really the entire series, as far as his percentages. He had a couple of big shots in the fourth quarter last night. They're going to now, I think, have to figure out when they can selectively go at Jimmy Butler when he gets into his dribble game where he's starting to back a guy down or he's, he's getting ready to put his head down and go by somebody. They've got to be more selective in getting the ball out of his hands because they have to understand, right now, there are some guys with the heat that have struggled. And I think with the spotlight being what it is in the finals, you've got to roll your dice a little bit with some of those guys right now. I know normally the heat in the first three rounds they were moving the ball around. Everybody was in rhythm, taking shots. They move it. We, we talked about how they find the open guy. They've got so many different guys that can hurt you from the three. Well, right now, they don't have a lot of guys that are rolling like that. And I think Jimmy Butler is the one guy that's going to try to put the team on his back. So they've got to do a better job there. And then secondly, you can't take these quick threes key early in the clock. They took, I think they were one for nine on threes in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. That's not who they are. Um, now, part of it was the Heat packing the lane and making sure that they weren't going to get gutted by AD and LeBron. But even on those kickouts, that doesn't mean you have to shoot it. If that's not a good shot, and a lot of these guys are mediocre at best three-point shooters, well, then you, you have to move the ball again and end up in, in the hands of a guy who can then put it on the floor and go make a play. So I think they accepted too easily that they were going to take these three-point shots, and that's just not who they are as a team. So I think they're going to see the film and realize it. They played into Miami's hands, and they made it easier for Miami to guard them. We'll see Game 4 tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on ABC. And, of course, every single second of the NBA Finals can be heard on ESPN Radio. Keys are already clapping it up, ready to go tomorrow night to try to put the heat on the brink. Tim, thanks a lot, man. Yep, appreciate it, guys. Great to have Tim with us with his thoughts. What are your thoughts? And you were right there watching every single second last night, leading our coverage. Look, this this Miami Heat team has a will. And like Tim said – they came on the on the on the catch. They came with the doubles early. The Lakers had 19 turnovers. They looked like they were careless with the ball, but it, it was still crazy though because as poorly as the Lakers played, as poorly as they played, with AD having a minus 26, only 15 points, Kelly Olynyk outplayed Anthony Davis. Right? They still had a chance to win the game. I mean, the game was tied, and you still felt like LeBron James could have taken the game over, but. It was one of the best NBA Finals performances I've seen from a player in a long time, and that's Jimmy Butler. I mean, 40-point triple-double. Every possession at the end of the game, he was either scoring or making assists leading to a bucket. It was Jimmy Bucket's time. Yeah, and, and the rest of the Lakers starters have to come to the party. I mean, yes, it's about LeBron. It's about AD. But I need Danny Green. I need KCP. I need those guys to come to the party. I mean, it just – you know, when you don't have those guys uh, chipping in, when the other guys are not playing at that level, you're going to get run out of the building. That's just what it is. AD had five boards. You know, he shot the ball. He didn't. He only shot the ball nine times. So it wasn't like he was, you know, had put it up 20 times. He's got to want to play down low, not get into that jump shooting mess. Let's just play aggressive. And I think this next game, 
that conversation is being had, LeBron's having that conversation with him? Because it seems like every time he has a clunker, he comes back with a dominant performance. Well, look, you, to follow that up. Okay, we talked about this. You guys shot the lights out of the ball the first two games. And I said, is this sustainable? Is it sustainable? So the one thing that people, and this is inside basketball for people, in order to dominate the paint, Anthony Davis doesn't come down and assert himself on the block. No. You would see sometimes he would try to sprint down early and try to get low post position. Most of the times he floats. So when he floats, they meet him early. They check him. And he's not backing his way down. So he settles for jump shots. Markeith Morris took more shots at AD last night. And I think LeBron James going into game four, you need to change that mentality. You need to get back to where your bread and butter is, dominating the paint. Don't shoot more threes than twos. Dominate the paint, play inside out. We should mention those Jay's opinion there, Key's opinion there, Tim's opinion on how poorly the Lakers played. Tim joined us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus. Premium gasoline, just last word. I mean, Jay wasn't joking. Olenek had 17 and 7 last night. 17 and 7 yeah. off the bench. Yeah, that no, won't happen again. No Bam out of Bayou, no Goran Dragic. We'll see if Bam out of Bayou can come back. He comes back. We'll see about that left shoulder. But he, he's a difference maker in how they play as well. And I will give Eric Spolstra so much credit. He played Myers Leonard a ton. That mitigated Dwight Howard, him being on the floor. It took Dwight Howard out of the game. Then you had to play AD at the five. Great point. Game four tomorrow, 9 Eastern ABC with Jay ESPN Radio. As always, still to come, who's to blame more for the Raiders coming back down to earth after that 2-0 start? Gruden or Carr? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So you just heard Jay Will waxing poetic on Dan Orlovsky. So it only seems apropos that right now we've had a sub-in situation. Jay's over on Get Up right now on ESPN with Greeny and the gang. Surely they're probably talking about Jimmy Butler and company. If you have some hoops, check out Greeny and Jay Will. Jay Will will be back with us in about 13 minutes or so, but it's a pleasure to have Dan Orlovsky yes, in this morning. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Starting already. All right. We're just one minute in. Uh Let's ask you first about the Raiders. I, we mentioned it earlier. You know, they got up to the 2-0 and start. Quality of competition has been a much tougher the last two weeks, obviously, uh, losing to New England and then losing uh, yesterday to the Bills. Uh, bigger issue right now for the Raiders' backslide here. Derek Carr, who said yesterday he's sick of losing, or Coach Gruden? I'd say Derek Carr. You know, and, and Derek Carr has played good football. Um, he's played good football for a couple years now, and then – could he become great football with the addition of a guy like Henry Ruggs? They've got so many versatile pieces on their offense. And I've said this for multiple years right now at Derek Carr. 
at some point, he's going to have to believe in himself the way the Raiders did years ago when they gave him that contract extension because he's cautious with the football. Like, you just want to see him be willing to throw the football downfield more. I said it early on in that game against the Saints two weeks ago. Like, if you're not going to throw the ball downfield on fourth and one when that post there was a post receiver uncovered, when will you? And just the lack of, I'm, I know I can go make this throw no matter what early on in football games, is holding them back. Well, when you look at, see, I guess having played for Coach Gruden and having a little understanding of the offense, a lot of times, as you know, as a quarterback, you're told so many times to do a certain thing. Right. Which is underneath, even though vertical routes are available and they're wide open, but in your brain, you're being coached to hit the shallow cross, hit the hitch, even though things behind it's wide open. So when I look at it, I think it's more about John teaching him and coaching him up to do those things, that the, the things that Dan is talking about, opposed to us seeing it and saying, well, how come he didn't throw it there? Well, because they're never throwing that in practice. He's never sure. teaching them how to do that, even though we see it and we like, well, it makes all the sense of the world to go vertical on the post, but he's not being taught that. I, w- I want to take that point because Key's point is valid. I don't know exactly what's getting said, I've had Greg Olson, their play caller. I've known him forever. One of the things that's part of this offense, Key, you know this because I promise, I, I guarantee you've heard this, part of this West Coast dominant offense is you'll hear coaches tell quarterbacks, just find a completion. Find a completion. Just find a completion. And you feel, yeah. it's almost like when a parent tells their kid in Little League, like, just make contact. Like, you feel as a quarterback, as long as I get a completion, I did the right thing on the play. And West Coast offenses, you know, Dan, is methodical. They just want to right. move the ball slowly down the field. Every now and then, they'll take a shot if it's available. But if they can get five yards and all of a sudden it's second and five, and then they can get three yards and it's third and two, they're happy with that. And so this is what you're seeing. High completion percentage, low yardage, and it's and everybody looks and points and says, well, Card's not doing enough. Well, I actually think he is. I think they're still young. There's a lot of room to grow. And we'll see where the Raiders are at. No I just want to see him push the ball downfield more as a quarterback. I just I feel like he's good enough to do that. Las Vegas, by the way, <laughs> Las Vegas at Kansas City coming up on Sunday. Derek Carr better going real the quick. The defense might get 50 hung on him. We'll see. Dan Orlovsky is here to give us the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. The Lions lioned again yesterday. Big lead against the Saints. They had a monumental opportunity for a two-game win streak. Could not put it together. After the game, Matt Patricia, who is now 10-25-1 as the team's head coach, as the team's head coach, they have blown a double-digit lead in a full one-third of his games. He said this after the game on essentially what was left for him when he walked in the door. I know we got a lot of work to do. Um, certainly, I think when I came to Detroit, there was a lot of work to do, and that's what we're trying to do. Um, but, uh, you know, talking about this year right now, we're talking about right now, uh, you know, these first four games, and, and obviously today wasn't good enough. I think after four games, you know, our team can really take a look at itself and say, okay, hey, how do we need to play the games? What do we got to do? We've got some work to do during the bye week here, I think, which will be good for us to really take a look at how do we need to play going forward. And I think that's probably the most important thing from that standpoint is what do we do going forward? Um, and, and how do we win? Okay, so Dan, you played mm. for Coach Caldwell in Detroit, correct? Mm-hmm. You kind of came mm-hmm. in during the break and said you were very hot on this. Upon hearing that and realizing he was 10-25-1, you played for the previous iteration. Is he, does he have a valid point? No. You know, re- respectfully, Patricia forgot that there were players uh, on those teams before he got there, and we're going to come to Coach Caldwell's back, one, because it's the truth, and two, because we have immense respect for Coach Caldwell. First of all, 
We were 11 and 5 in 2014 and a really good football team. 2015 we go 7 and 9. It's because we turned the football over, but the last 8 games we were 7 and 1. So flipped our season around. The next 2 years we're 9 and 7. And I believe in week 17 we were playing Green Bay in both years for a chance to win the division. Okay? So to come in and say that you had a lot of work to do is completely false. It's a bunch of trash because that wasn't the case in Detroit. We were a good football team. Matthew Stafford was playing as good as he has in his career. That was because of Coach Caldwell. And we were an organization that was ascending. He was building. And you know what? another thing, Z? The culture was amazing. The culture was, was fantastic. So you had a winning record in three or four of your years. The culture was great. Your quarterback was playing really good football. So for him to come in and say that there was a lot of work to be done is a bunch of trash. Second of all, you know what Coach Caldwell wasn't? A finger pointer. Like what coach comes in and says, oh, well, what I, when I, I got what, here. What did I say earlier? Yeah. I did this, Dan. I said. Finger pointing. I said the one thing I can sure tell you about that coach right there is he's doing this. He's looking straight ahead, but that left is going right. The right is going left. Finger point. Oh, all day long. And, and just finger point. It, and it's wrong. It's false. And for him to come to go <laughs> say that after being 10 and 25, to say that, to go, well, you know what? Before I got here, it was bad. Wasn't me. Here's the thing, coach. No, it wasn't. We have eyewitness accounts of it not being bad. It was actually really good. It was a great place to be. It was a great place to work. We loved playing for Coach Caldwell, and we were a good football team. Were we great? No, and here's the thing. When he was hired, the comment was, we need to take the next step as an organization. That was the comment from, I believe, ownership and their general manager, Bob Quinn, who I love and have respect for. We need to take the next step. It was built for growth, not regression, and they have regressed Massively. Well, what happens in these situations, and you know this, Dan, been around the league as long as you have and just in general. When you talk about building an organization, Bob Quinn is, is, was in New England. So that thing built championships ever. They allow Coach Caldwell to get it to this point. So as I told you before, driving to work, riding on the buses, on the planes, when I get that job, I'm going to bring you in wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Just, just sit tight. We're going to figure it out. Just let me get there. They thought that at 9-7, and seven, Matt Patricia would be able to come in, save the day, get rid of Coach Caldwell. They ride off and win the NFC, and everybody goes, see, great job Matt Patricia has done for this organization. They hold the trophy up. No. No, you tried to bamboozle the Detroit fans with that mess. Coach Caldwell was headed in the right direction. Yes. But you wanted to insert your own people in at a time where – much like he said, they're ascending. So now I place him there. He gets all the credit. Matt Patricia gets all the credit for building this great team. Screwed it up. Let's see if they blame him for that. Very interesting. I remember Quandre Diggs, before he got traded, he said, there's something going on in this locker room. Guys in this locker room just don't want to listen to him. And when you hear things like that. Because right. you, but you know, you, you know phony when you see it, though. You just do it. And, and again, I made this point. 2015, we were, we were turning the football over a ton on offense, and we were two and eight. We were two and eight, and somehow, or two and six, maybe. Somehow, he flipped our team around, and we won seven out of our last eight games, strictly by the leadership of Coach Caldwell. That's what they chose to move on from. They chose to move on from a guy, to Key's point, that had it headed in the right direction, that the locker room loved, and that would play their tails off for. Thought they was putting Matt Patricia in that driver's seat to, you know, 
Hey, buddy, we won it all together. Let's celebrate. Nah, I've I got seen a big that. problem with those comments. I've seen, I've seen that before. Didn't, I've seen that before. Didn't quite work out that way. Still to come more NFL talk. There were actually fans at six games yesterday, but it was a bunch of cardboard cutouts <laughs> that stole the show over human beings. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Key's doing my job. Well, I, 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 I got to do all the. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember. You know. Key's trying to remember when he recorded that. Yeah. I just, hey. I do do so much around here. You know, it's a lot of heavy lifting. I mean, your name is first on the show. Your name is first on the show. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. What you got? (laughs) Nothing. He can't help himself sometimes. Hour one of the podcast is already up, by the way. So it's 847 in the East. You might be getting up, trying to get your kids to school. If they're going to school, if you're working at home, you missed the first hour, 6 a.m. Eastern. It's online right now. Anywhere you get your podcast, first hour of the show. We spent a lot of time talking about the Browns. And the Cowboys, so feel free to get that anywhere you get. One good team, one your bad podcast. team. Yes, that is fair. Jim, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go for it. A quick question. That's a dollar for me. <laughs> Just in key, I'm curious. A lot of people are making this a really big deal that LeBron James walked up the court last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, in game three. He didn't walk off the court. He literally walked off the court, stood there until time dwindled down, then walked into the – is that a big deal no. to you guys? No, but, but, but Does people... that show lack of sportsmanship? Because it, I, what, the way I've known in series that you don't shake hands until it's over, the right? series is over. I but people, people do that all the time with professional athletes. When you are leaving the court or the football field with a few seconds left on the clock, they, people just do. They, I remember they tried to crucify me and Randy Moss – First of all, the game's over. Like, I don't need to be talking to you. I don't need to. There ain't no kumbayas at the end of no games. I'll catch up with you in the offseason or catch up with you in the tunnel, getting on the bus. I don't need to talk to you, right? And so you see it all the time. And and it's a LeBron lost. He's a sore loser. They're looking for anything negative about him. So there you go. My thing is, I'm also going to see you in two days. I'm going to see you on Tuesday night. We're <laughs> no, in a I'm series gonna, no. together. I'm going to see you in about 
An hour 30 as I'm walking back to the hotel room. I'm exactly. going to probably see you hanging out somewhere. A Big Face Coffee, the new spot that's going <laughs> yeah, up with Jimmy like, Butler. I don't, <laughs> exactly. People want to make it out to be something when it's not. One quick NFL note, and then we will get right to the story about Ron Rivera, which is warming hearts around the sports world. According to our Diana Rossini, she is in Kansas City, by the way. We had her on the show last Friday. She's in Kansas City, hmm. ready for the Pats and the Chiefs game. The Chiefs test results also came back negative. Earlier today, the Pats took tests. They were all negative. So then they got on buses from Foxborough to get on their charter, two charters. One, isolating players that have been in around Cam Newton. I'm sure you know Newton tested positive over the weekend. So the game is on because this morning the Pats tested negative. They're on their way en route. And the Chiefs, the home team, all of their tests also came back negative. Great news. Tonight's game, 7 Eastern, CBS, and then our Monday night game, 8.50 Eastern. Push back a little bit later than normally is on Monday night between the Falcons and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So plenty of football to watch tonight. I mentioned this with Ron Rivera. This is just such a great story in an age where so much is going on that we regret. and You kind of have to cover your eyes when you watch the news these days. The Washington football team surprised Coach Rivera with a section of around 400 cardboard cutouts that were purchased by friends and family ahead of their game with Baltimore yesterday. I'm sure you're seeing this in all sports where you have the virtual fans there. They called it a coach's corner and another sign that said Rivera strong. Some of the cardboard cutouts, some of his old players like Steve Smith, Luke Keekley, his buddies like Andy Reid and Sean McDermott, who, of course, was with him in Carolina, now the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Friends, family, and plenty of dogs because Rivera is a noted fan of dogs. Ron Rivera was on Good Morning America on ABC this morning and said yes when he had his cancer diagnosis. Part of the reason they're doing this is because he was diagnosed with cancer and is battling it. He says he's going to stay there, no plan B. I'm the head coach moving on. He said when I first got it, there was a woe is me moment. But after seeing things like this, he's happy to be moving forward. It means a lot because, you know, when I first was diagnosed, I was angry. Mm. And, and then as I've kind of gone through this, it's always kind of, well, why me? And, but, but as, you know, people have, have, have reached out and have talked to me and have, have given me their examples or, or, or just sent their well wishes, it helps push me forward. And I think that's so important because, you know, when you go through something like this, you need a support system. And, 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 when you have the right type of people pushing you, man, I'll tell you what, it really helps to get your momentum going forward. How about some good news for a change? You know, I was going to say, I think one of the tricks I learned when I went through, you know, my accident and, and depression, and I'm not saying that correlates to what Coach Rivera is going through, obviously having cancer, I've never had cancer. But I, I think when you're able to use this trick of why me, because everybody goes through that anger part first key, why me, why is this happening to me, what did I do to deserve it? Mm-hmm. When you psychologically change that narrative to why not me, like I'm going to I'm going to beat this. I'm going to prove to everybody and myself that I am strong. I'm not saying it you win the game at the end, you hope that you do, but I think that psyche, that mentality is such a game changer for how you address any form of adversity. It gives you the best odds to actually fight back and win. And in and, and guys like Coach Rivera, who I know well, they win in these type of situations. When the odds seem to be stacked against them, they come out fighting and winning. And having that you know, kind of spirit of happiness pushes you and drives you on it every single day. That's one of the reasons you say, hey, man, I'm coaching my football team. This is what I love to do. This, these are young men that, that I'm in charge of. I want to be a part of their life. I want them to continue to be a part of my life, and I want to try to win football games because this is what I do for a living. And that will help him 
get through into the next steps. And attitude's everything. I mean, think about Jimmy Butler the other night. They're down 2-0 in the series. You know, we're going to win. And it's the same kind of attitude that Rivera has. I'm going to win. Support system is everything. Family is everything. Trust. Let's continue to move forward. And that, I love when I see leadership. It's actually just not in his words, but they're in his actions on a day-to-day basis. And people may not be aware, Rivera's brother, Mickey, died five years ago after a two-year battle with pancreatic cancer. So this is something that's truly near and dear to his heart. The cardboard cutouts, you see him at games everywhere. At this particular game for the Washington football team yesterday, they cost $49 per cutout. They were giving money towards... Uh, the American Cancer Society, in the name of Bobby Mitchell, who's an unbelievable old-school player, like old-school player that played for the Washington football team uh, many years ago. And at the end of the day, according to NBC Sports Washington, this is the number that matters the most. Everything with the cardboard cutouts raised $30,000 just yesterday. So congratulations to Coach Rivera as he continues to fight. I know they lost on the field yesterday, but obviously bigger things at play. And if you're wondering, the Los Angeles Rams will be heading to the nation's capital or just outside in Maryland to take on the Washington football team. That's next up for Ron Rivera and company. Still to come, any regrets on telling Tom Brady he was too old and washed up after yesterday? EJ and Z will talk about it next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.